What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have our first of what is going to be many preview shows for some of the biggest meets that are going to happen within the late part of February and all of March. And we start off with Powerlifting America Nationals. Uh, this is not your prototypical preview show. We do go through some of the analytics and analyze lifters, uh, some battles that are going to happen, which there are many that are going to happen at Powerlifting America Nationals. But with the Scarpino score and with getting World Team spots, we somewhat focus on that without diving too deep on the lifters who are going to be competing at Sheffield. Steve does an excellent job, as always, of explaining that. Solana joined us as well to give some extra insights. It's a fantastic episode still, but it's a bit of a different preview episode. And also, we're going to have many preview episodes. So make sure you're subscribing to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star rating there. Go to Spotify. Leave a five-star rating there as well. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on both platforms. And also go to twowhitelights.com and get yourself some merchandise. We got plenty to sell. And we are going to have more stuff dropping soon. And also, you can subscribe on Two White Lights. Uh, you can subscribe to the website as well. And without further ado, here it is. Two White lights. Oh baby, I like it, boy. Yeah, baby, I like it, boy. Oh baby, I like it, boy. Yeah, baby, I like it, boy. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take it away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad. All right, and as promised, we are here to do our first of many previews. Of course, we have Solana Lewis on the show to discuss powerlifting America Nationals that's going to be taking place in Austin. A lot of questions going into this meet will be. Will, I mean, you're allowed into it, Steve. Am I going to be allowed into the meet? And also, how are we going to get these world team spots? Because there's a little caveat to this one with Sheffield looming into this Nationals meet. Yeah. Let me give an overview. And I still don't fully understand because we're going to get talking. And on the men's side, it's going to be very interesting. So either way, the numero uno thing is four people at Powerlifting American Nationals. If you win your weight class and hit a Carpino 1 score, you get a spot at Worlds. Um, Carpino 1, I'm not sure which it calculates off of, but the Carpino score in general, because there's different Carpino 1, 2, 3, all that stuff, it basically calculates a certain average of what people did at Worlds. I'm not sure if Carpino won based off of just who won, but it's a certain average of like a trailing average of a couple of years of how people did at Worlds and gives an idea of like what you need to do to possibly get top three or win in your weight class. So people who win their weight class and get a Carpino one get an automatic bid. That's the easy, simple way. But very unlikely all weight classes are going to get filled up. Very, very unlikely. Which then goes to the remaining spots, not all of them, but if, if people at Sheffield then hit a Carpino 1, they could get a spot at Worlds. Could is the big thing. 
I have to be clarified here because I thought it was a weight class thing still. It is not. That's where it gets interesting. There's no notation of if you hit a Carpino one in a certain weight class and like that weight class was empty. Like, let me use the example. I don't think there's likely going to be a 105 kilo lifter that hits the Carpino one of Powerlifting American Nationals. I think Mikey Davis will, though. But just because Mikey Davis hits the Carpino one doesn't mean he gets the 105 spot. It doesn't notate that by any means. It just says the Carpino one formula, which we're going to get to. That could be a very interesting thing that happens. And then if the spots from there aren't filled, which on the men's side, I think they will be filled after Sheffield. On the women's side, they may not. It will then just go to alternates based off of Carpino formula uh, and they'll have alternate spots. And eight men and eight women make the team. And it doesn't have to be all different weight classes. There can be up to two people in a weight class. Um, but yeah, it's an, it's an interesting, interesting situation. Um, on the women's side, I don't really think we're going to have much issue. On the men's side, it's going to be a mess. So. Describe the mess. Like, what specifically are we looking for where the mess can come into play? Okay. Off of my predictions, I believe six lifters from Powerlifting American Nationals on the men's side will get automatic spots. Maybe seven. Somewhere between five and seven. It, it could change. Let's say there's six, though. Let's go to the in-between. Let's say six people get it. That means two spots are open. We will then have possibly five lifters doing Sheffield who could hit a Carpino one. We'll have Mikey Davis. We'll have Jesus Oliveras. We'll have Jonathan Keiko. We'll have Delaney Wallace. And then we have a weird little situation we'll talk about with Gavin and Chance doing PA Nats. If one of them doesn't win, which obviously one of them won't win PA Nats, only one can win, then there's another one. So five of them. And so potentially five people at Sheffield could all hit Carpino ones with only two spots open. And from at least what I see, there is no clarification on how they would pick from those five. Seemingly, it would be fair maybe to pick the highest Carpino. I don't know. But there's no clarification. As well as Chance, Keiko, and Gavin could not all make the world's team. Because only two per weight class. So that's where it's going to get incredibly interesting because there's likely five people with only one to three spots. And I do not know how they would pick from those people. And if those people were at Powerlifting American nationals, at least two of them, Mikey and Jesus would probably be shoe-ins for the most part. They'd win. Uh, Mikey would win the 105s. Jesus would win the 120 pluses, the Keiko Gavin chance. That would be a whole battle. And then Delaney, that wouldn't be a shoe in because he definitely would have competition with Sean and John Gruden, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I legitimately could not tell you how that's going to play out. I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. It's like they're being punished for going to Sheffield and not doing PNF. It's ridiculous. They are. And I hate how this is set up, but you are going to Sheffield. You have a choice. Yeah. I mean, you do have a choice of what you want to do. I mean, obviously some people like Chance and Gavin um, are doing PA Nats to try and guarantee their world's team spots. Um, I don't know if all of them could do that. Because uh, Delaney, I think he would have to go all out. Jesus may be able to kind of take token lifts and get the Carpino and win it. Mikey would probably have to go all out. So, I mean, they're, they're just not... I mean, I, if I had a lifter going to Sheffield, I mean, I'd have a long talk with them, but... Sheffield may be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity where Worlds is a bit easier to qualify for. That's just the fact that the more people go to Worlds than go to Sheffield. 
So, I mean, if, if it was my lifter, I would very much be telling them to prioritize Sheffield. It kind yeah. of screws them over, but at the same time, like, you're making your choice. You, a lot of these people literally stayed with the IPF for Sheffield, so let's do it. Yeah, I would I would agree with you on that one. Like, it's not necessarily punishment for be, having or going to Sheffield. It's just you're in a situation where you had to have nationals in February, and this is the issue that I think we all saw coming, was Sheffield's going to be a month later, and if you have nationals prior to that, you might not get a situation of um, an actual national competition that's compared to uh, USAPL Raw Nationals. And, I mean, but also, like, you, if you do not get that world team spot for a year, you can do a USAPL meet. And then could well, no, well, it'll be, be a whole year. To, well, no, I mean, it depends on... So, there's rumors Powerfing America Nationals could change dates. That would change things, but that's all up in the air. Yeah. Uh, if... If Powerlifting American National stays the end of February, and after Sheffield or after yeah after Sheffield, you don't have a spot, and you did a USAPL meet. Let's say that's in because Sheffield's in March. If you did a meet in April, super quick, you are then banned until next April. You could not do Powerlifting American Nationals. You would not be okay. allowed to do anything really until the next Nationals. Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, that'll. I mean. I think it's a good trade-off still, but let's let's get into it. And I think, unless you guys disagree here, the female side has a little bit more of the yeah. We, the we can start roster. with the women's. Uh, no, not necessarily. I think the men's actually has more battles than the women's side. The women's side may be a better roster, but the men's side has more battles. But to clarify, okay. we're going to talk about some of the battles. But the main the main thing we're going to do in this preview show a little different. We're going to try and fill out world team spots because. Powerlifting America Nationals, I mean, there's eh, four or five weight classes that are actually going to be head-to-head, but a lot of them are less about head-to-head battles and more about people trying to hit the Carpino one score. Um, That's what it's more about. So kind of what we're going to go through here is like talk about who's going to hit a Carpino one score, what do we think they can predict, and can they hit it, and then kind of make world's teams from this. That's kind of our goal here, which will entail us picking some of the winners. But we can start women because, I mean, arguably the best – battle of the entire competition is on the women's side though and it's the first i was one gonna we'll say about. yeah start off with a bang because 47 kilos would you guys say matchup of the weekend yes yeah i would yeah i would as and, well and then i'll give you my second later but yeah i think this is the battle of the weekend and it's a very exciting one we got uh jessica spinal and uh Jess and uh heather connor which i in america Heather Connor usually kind of coasted. I remember when she came on to Two White Lights the first time. Um, she's like, yeah, Nationals is kind of the fun meet for me. Like, I just go hit my lifts, have fun, try to break a record, and then uh, Worlds is where I go all in. She is not going to be able to do that this year. Nope. I would actually consider her maybe the underdog going into this. With I that said. As well, yeah. That, that's partially on my predictions. With that said, with that, well, I mean, one of them has a higher total from last year. You, you, you could, you could, you could say Heather's the favorite, but Jessica had the higher total last year. So she did, but I'm like, good. So that I didn't say she was. I said you could say she is. The interesting thing with both of them is I think they will both blow the Carpino one score out of the water. There will be zero issues hitting that. 
I think both of them will hit it. And I honestly think we're going to get to it. I honestly think both of them are going to get a world's team spot. I think whoever is second will likely be the full first alternate when things are all said and done. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking at both of them, both of their training is going really well. I honestly think Heather maybe have a, has a little fire lit under her because because of this, because of actually having a little bit more competition, having lost to Tiffany, her training looks like it's going really well. I'm not going to release all of Jessica's information, mm-hmm. um, but I know me and Angelo are on that close friends list because she she told me she put us on there so we could we could get the inside info. I'm not going to release the weights. It's looking good. It's looking really yeah, good. yeah. Training's looking solid. Like, I'm not again. Not gonna throw out numbers. Like, I think she might beat Tiffany this year. Mm. That good. We'll see yeah. how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. But I would predict her. I'm predicting her out total what Tiffany did. Hey, at at policy American Nationals, you're saying she's going to have a higher total than the world record. Correct. All right. Well. That is setting the bar quite high. Um, yeah, and, you know, I have been seeing her training. There's one thing I, I think I can say because I'm not giving out the weight. Um, her w- working under uh, Tremblay and the strength guys, there's something else, there's something that's just different about her. And I, I'm sure this is always true with her training, but it is a all-in mentality and a extremely competitive uh, edge that she has on her that's, I think that's going to help her, especially in a battle with Heather Connor. And then if the aim is to get that total to get or to get the unofficial world record, um, I think this competitive edge that she has she has on her is going to propel her for that. Yeah, I mean it's a lot of positive signs and there's someone who looks like they're obsessed with winning and they're training and getting better and trying to push, you know, the boundaries of Get, being being a Sheffield lifter, being one of the best lifters in the world, just overall pound for pound, um, we're seeing that with Jessica right now. And if last year we, uh, with last two years we saw it with uh, Tiffany Capone, we've we're seeing it right now with Jessica. But you know, you still have Heather Connor, which, and I agree with you, Steve. I think a, a fire has been lit under her because of what happened at Worlds, um, and then you know, I mean, a part of the American Nationals last year. Definitely not a performance that I think he was happy with. So it's a lot there. I I will say, I don't know if I'm on Jessica's close friend list. If I am, I totally miss every single post of her story. That's worse. But That's worse not being on it is not noticing you're on it. I think I'm just not on it. <laughs> yeah, probably that, but I'm just saying if you don't yeah. see it, <laughs> bad. It's not a good it's not a good uh it's not a good look. Well, hopefully I'm not if I am, oops. But um <laughs> So I was really going based off what she has posted, but I will also say like I really am seeing Heather make progress in her squat and bench that I haven't seen in a while, and we know her deadlift has been going off too. So I think just like the combination of that fire underneath her and like her really wanting to go back and have the meat that she wanted to have, like that's really going to be pushing her. And also, question since you guys see Jessica's bench more. How do you think her bench depth is looking? It's, oh, God damn it's it. Better. We have to talk about this. Oh, we do. Yeah. I it's forgot. a thing. Well, because, well, because thing. she she was nah. one of the people. Her and Megan Scanlon arguably had to make the biggest changes. Yeah. Um, again, I don't. I got to be careful. I, I don't know what she's posted. I've seen some numbers that are comparable to what she's done. 
and it's notably more range of motion. Okay. Like I, if I saw her bench right now versus Heather's, I would say both of them are pretty, are at the same depth of whatever no. that means. Like I, I don't think either of them <laughs> are more safe than the other. Okay. Um, and to be clear, I, I think Heather's going to PR her total by a good margin. I think she's probably going to go fifteen kilos over what she. That's I, her PR total wasn't at the Arnold. Was the Arnold she did? No, she did the uh, the the. The women's only meet over in France. Girl power, yes. Yeah. Girl power. Um, and had a better meet there than she did at Worlds, I believe. I think she oh, can yeah, easily sure. go, uh, she can go 15 kilos over that. She'll do better than, I, I think she's going to pee on her total. I'm just saying, if Jessica's training and her peak goes well from what I see, I, I think she's going to, she's going to hit the world, uh, unofficial world record total. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be pretty nuts. Like, yeah, uh, like it's, I, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it does seem like a, a certain repost page, certain repost page might have to it, like post another 47 kilo lifter other than just the same one over and over. Well, she doesn't post anything. So, right. So, so she's not going to get to repost anything. She doesn't post a whole lot on her actual feed. Um, it's very rare. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah. That's that's. I've been seeing her training through the stories, um, and you know, and with the change of coach and change of like programming, it seems like she's responding very well to that. That is something that um, is. Uh, it's always a curious, especially with people going to TSG, is how they respond to TSG programming. Jessica seems to be in a pretty good, pretty good shape right now, um, and it seems like you know it's. Some people respond very well and some people don't, and it seems like she's responding very well. So, what do you guys think? I think I'm really excited to see how she responds under pressure, too. Like, Heather has the years of, I've been doing really, really big meets. Jessica mm-hmm. hasn't really needed to be pushed. Like, the last meet, like, she did Mega Nationals, but there was no one near her. And then, obviously, PLA meet, that was just to qualify. So, I'm like, mm-hmm. how do you do under pressure? And I think that is another competitive edge that um, Heather has. That's a that's a very good point because Heather has been here before. She's been doing it for a while, and she has you know been the queen of that weight class um, for you know consecutive years. Um, Jessica, you know we she's had. I mean, I it was an H Town showdown. It was like her second or third meet or something where she was kind of able to blow the doors off of the kind of the powerlifting scene where you know a nineteen year old was you know well over the the five hundred dots, and then she's been progressing since. But that does still it's like okay. You're still not green per se, but you're you haven't had those. You need to hit this lift. If you don't hit this lift, you lose. If you miss a squat, you might lose. Like that's that's a kind of pressure that's unique with those head to head battles. Like every time when I get under for a third squat, I'm like, I need to hit this. If I don't hit this third squat, I'm done. All my other it will be record breaking deadlift thoughts from here on out because. It's it's just it's not going to happen if I miss a squat. So that's that's the added pressure that Jessica has to deal with. But um, that potential is so hard to overlook. What do you think, Steve? I mean, I think I've made it pretty clear that I think Jessica is going to take it, and I think we're going to get to it. I think both of them are going to get a world team spot, mm-hmm. which I want them both to get it because I want to see Jessica versus Heather versus Tiffany all at Worlds. Um, but yeah, I think I, I really think. He- Jessica is going to put up something special here that is going to elevate her to one of the best female lifters in the world. All right. 
Do you want to give him now or wait to the end? The end. What do you mean? This world team spot. Well, I mean, if we're picking who won, and I just said Jessica, I just kind of said she's getting the world team spot. But <laughs> okay, I was wondering. I want to give. I was saying, are we are we doing the picks now? For the battles, yes, because we're not going to do every weight right. class for battles. Okay. God. Yes. Just go through the weight classes. <laughs> Next one, 52 kilo. Right. <laughs> Jeez, Steve. Y'all are married, for real. All right. God. Okay, All so 52, right, we have Jamie Fisher, and we have Megan Hurlburt. And we have Agata... No, no. I'm sorry. Ag- Agata. Yeah. Oh, God, hold on. Ag- Agata. Bliska. Bliska. Please, oh, Sean, coaches her. Sean coaches yeah, her. Yeah, that's a Polish last name. Yeah, Sean yeah. Lennon coaches her. And then Wait, Kate Cohen. Instagram? If you knew No, I couldn't. I could not find... I I know I've looked at her Instagram before. I could not find it, though, by searching her name or searching anything. I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, and then we got Kate Cohen, too. She's doing the Arnold as well, though. That's kind of interesting. She's, and she signed up at 48 kilos for the Arnold. So I don't, I'm not really sure how that's going. But either way... This battle is going to come down likely to Jamie Fisher and Megan Hurlburt. And Megan's the big question mark. She hit a 959 total at a meet in December. And the Carpino one score is a 955. Caveat, she weighed 56 kilos and she's coming down a weight class. It's a good amount to come down. I don't know where she's at now. Her training's going really well. Like if she's if she's like 54-ish right now, if, and she's been cutting, her lifts are going great. Um, and I think she can hit the Carpino one, and she's got to be the favorite to win it. I just, I don't, We she's never, I don't think she's ever competed at 52, or at least has not recently. So that's the big question mark. Jamie Fisher, big issue there. Her bench is going to be taking a hit from the death roll. She had a huge bench, and it's, it's just going to take a little bit of, a hit, and as well as I noted, it was probably still borderline. I don't know how strict they're going to be. I don't know where the judges are going to go. Who knows what in the world don't bench call is going to happen? Don't call I don't. anything. I hope Let's they do don't. It. I hope they don't call anything. I think that, I don't think they will really because they they already set a precedent at uh, bench nationals. Um. So yeah, it's kind of Jamie versus Megan, and it's kind of hard to predict here because it's kind of like, do you think Megan's training numbers? And 57 kilo numbers can hold up at 52. If you think they can, then she's got to be the favorite. And she likely can hit a Carpino one. If not, it's going to be a really close battle with her and Jamie. But the winner, I don't know if they hit the Carpino one. I think they're probably going to be about 15 kilos or so short. It's going to be tough. That's just just my prediction. So it's it's an interesting, that's an interesting situation there. Because, yeah. And also, um, one thing about Jamie, I keep looking at her squat, and I'm like, I just don't see depth ever. I see borderline every single time, and we know how strict they are. So I really worry. Like, looking at her numbers, I was like, well, I don't want to predict the third attempt. I predict you retaking your first. Well, I'm going to be fair here. We know how strict IPF is. Powerlifting America, on the other hand, eh. There is a few gifty gifts at the uh, the last Powerlifting American Nationals, so I, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, it's IPF judging over there. Like it's 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 not. It's it's a little bit more lenient, but who knows? Judging you never know on the day. Um, I don't know. I actually kind of disagree. I don't disagree as far as saying like her squats are borderline, but I'm just not saying like they're definitively high. 
just on my stance. Steve, you want to be the the tiebreaker? Here? Yeah, I don't. Or like, what do you what I are you seeing? I I didn't really note that. I don't think she's had a super big issue in meets there. And honestly, I don't I don't know if that matters as much as what happens in regards to her bench press, mm-hmm. because that's where I mean. I very, I'm very confident she can hit like 297 to 308 on squat, even if she she misses one on depth. I mean, she's hit it before. She did it at the Arnold, the Grand Prix. She did it at Nationals. I'm not too worried there. I'm, I'm, but at the same time, I mean, I still even said it for going into Nationals. She tends to not pause her bench long, which does result in her benching a little less on meet day than she typically does in training. But it's just it's. She was another one just like Jessica that had to make some pretty profound changes, and I'm just not sure what she can bring. With that being said, I still think she can go for four ten kilos. I mean, she's that's about what she's done before because I think her based on how, how her squat and her deadlift looks, I think she's trending up there. But that's not. I mean, yeah. I, I my bigger question, like I said, is Megan and does her training numbers translate? Okay, really quick yeah, though, no, can I talk I, I, training? Yeah. Well, can I talk yeah. about Agatha because I. Do know her Instagram handle? It's Miss Aggie. Um, and the numbers that she's putting in training are quite good. Um, really, it looks like she's doubling everything that she hit of her last meet. And her last meet was IPF Junior Worlds, correct? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, very good young lifter, and it's. See, I know she was building a lot of momentum into that meet. IPF Junior Worlds is a very hard meet to compete at. You know, Istanbul, um, it's just, it's tough. It's not an easy thing to do. Uh, 292, I believe she's hit that for a double. 176, I believe she's hit that. I'm reading the right one, right? Yeah, 176, I believe she's hit that for a double. Looked pretty damn good, too. And then just deadlifted 418. Yeah, I'm All looking right, at I'm that right now. Is this, for once, good journalism? It might be. From me. From me, yeah. You guys, do a, you. you guys do a great job. I'm usually the odd, like, who's Wait, just what going did you to find make... for bench? Oh, 176 for two? Yeah, very nice looking bench, too. I'm, I'm just not going to make any judgment on depth, though. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, you know <laughs> I what? I agree. She that, Wait. She's right. She's right in the pick. She could go 303, 187. 418, that puts her just two and a half kilos behind what I've got Jamie at. So she's very much in the picture there. Albeit, albeit not a Carpino one. That's where I'm getting to. Is like, yeah. I don't want to say it doesn't matter who wins this class. It does matter who wins nationals because honestly, a lot of the best 52 kilo lifters in the U.S. are at Powerlifting America. Jamie just won the 52 kilo class. The thing is, if you don't hit a Carpino one, you aren't guaranteed a world team spot right now. Yeah. And I think the only person I see having that ability would be Megan if she can maintain that strength of the cut. And honestly, I feel I feel like she, she can with how her train is going. I can't imagine she's weighing four to five kilos heavy right now. Yeah, That's Megan, definitely the big now, question mark. Yeah, Megan's the one I don't know much about. It's more of Agatha and Tammy's training that I see more often. I mean, I've... Unless someone else has something to say, I mean, I'm going to say that I think Megan is the favorite to win, and I think she will win. I think it could be a very close battle, but I don't know if I can confidently say she's going to hit the Carpino one and mark her down as getting a world team spot. I just, I don't, I don't see enough quite yet to say that confidently. 
I hope she does. That would be fantastic because to have a 52 kilo lifter who could go with a 955 plus total and to worlds would be amazing for the U.S. I just don't know if I could confidently say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one's hard. I, I will say that. Like that one, this one is actually, as far as this like competition goes, is kind of razor thin in my opinion. Like with, like Jessica has an opportunity in the 47 to pull away. But this one, like even looking at it, is like it's pretty razor thin. Where it's hard for me to make any sort of prediction. I like I'll go Jamie Fisher just based on familiarity. But that's looking just that's it. just how I do it, you know. Because <laughs> you know who she is. Yeah, I know. I know. I well, I know. I've seen her compete more often, and Agata is a young lifter. And I mean, really, like potential wise, Agata is way up there. Like I trust, you know, Nori. I, like I trust Nori's going to do the right things and I know what happens when young lifters do the right thing consistently and not do dumbass things. Seemingly she's not a dumbass lifter who does does dumbass things. So there's that. I could be wrong. I don't coach her. I don't know. I'm still gonna go with Megan just because even if she doesn't perform to what she did at her last meet, I still think she can end up with the highest total. But I do seriously question, yeah, like, will this cut make it so she cannot hit that Carpino one? We shall see. But I still think she'll get first in the class. And then Jamie and Agatha are going to be battling for second. Okay. Okay. 57? Yep. All right. We got a healthy Chrissy Paraki, which is always very exciting. And she's barely posting anything, which is always even more exciting. And then we got the great Natalie Richards. And we have, yep, no, wait, my bad. That's how we yep. got for this big class. Yep. The Battle of Love yep, Bro. Speaking of which, use their promo codes, 2W, use their promo codes and our promo code, 2WL15 on Left Love Bros merchandise. I'll save the entire ad feed for later. But yeah, Left Love Bros. What a battle. It's exciting. So obviously, I don't know how much Steve will talk because he now coaches Natalie and you know how Steve is when he coaches the client. He's like, oh, I don't know how she's doing. No, no, but- no, he's fine. <laughs> He's, he's fine unless, unless, yeah, I don't know, like Autumn and Nori, I think everyone else is fair game. Well, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say much about Natalie because there's still a competition here. There is. Yeah. Yeah, there is. No, I mean, people looking at this, Natalie's going to be the heavy favorite, but there's still a competition. This isn't a shoe-in. Christy is a two-time national champion. Um, she's healthy. This is not a shoe-in by any means. With that being said, even unbiased, Natalie has a much more direct path to hitting the Carpino one score. Yeah. Um, she's, she's done that before. Christy has not, or Chrissy uh, has not. Um, and I'm not going to say what we're shooting for, but I mean, if everything goes to plan and there's no weird things with bench depth, which Natalie doesn't really have a crazy bench. So I sure hope there's not an issue. Um, I, I mean, we plan to hit the Carpino one on second attempts. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a surprise there, right? Like, she was the favorite to win the Pro Series. Yeah, we know what she's capable of. She's one of the best female lifters in the world. No, I have yeah, to agree. And, I have to agree. Her training yeah, looks and, good. Go ahead. Yeah, and a couple things, too, with her training. One, we adjusted some things with squat. Uh... And I'll say this, I, she may not be able to squat as much currently right now, but her depth is notably better. We, we adjusted it to Euro's depth. 
with a couple technical changes because mm. she, she would be borderline at times. I mean, she got a red. I don't know if it was on the American record she hit or if it was on another, but she tends to be sometimes borderline. Depth is much better. Um, and then a couple things we did with deadlift, I feel like are more convincing um, with the shoulder position. We actually just changed to mixed grip and it's it was pretty notable um, how much more her shoulders look lock when she did mixed grip uh, as well as she didn't post it. I'll, I'll say this. She, she, she hit a 220 deadlift, 220 kilo deadlift last block, but she tore her finger at lockout, like her thumb completely callous, completely ripped off. But if that wasn't an issue, um, moved, moved nice. Moved very nice. I'll say that. I saw the, I saw the thumb picture. Yeah. I didn't see the deadlift, but I saw the thumb picture, which, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, Chrissy Paraki, I mean, at a point, like, it, it's one of those uh, things that happens in sports media where you talk so much about someone, like, one thing, and it's always, I go back to just her being able to do this after a couple knee surgeries, um, but at, at a point, like, you need to stop talking about it, right? And just kind of acknowledge the fact that she's a very good lifter. Clearly, she has a lot of tenacity to continue to go out there and get better from knee surgery because, like, I have knee pain right now. If you had to reconstruct my knee or do that surgery and put me under a knife, like, I might be uh, – that's a very scary proposition. Um, but I expect, you know, great things from uh, Chrissy. Uh, but I think eyes are just going to be glued on to Natalie for this one because – People are very focused on the potential of a joint in Amani versus Natalie Richards battle, and that would be a highlight of many great female betters that could potentially happen in IPF Worlds. Jaja Cobb. Jaja Cobb. Wait. And, and Jaja They're all in the same weight class, right? Yes. yes. Okay, fuck. Okay, I was so scared there that I fucked up the weight classes. And Jaja Cobb. All right, so yeah, a, a stacked weight class. And... Yeah, adding Natalie Richards to that battle is just I, one of the highlights. That's almost one of the highlights of IPF Worlds for the female side, and they have many because you know we know seventy six kilos is stacked. We know that um, at forty seven is going to be stacked, and you have fifty seven as well. Uh, sixty three too, depending on what Laya does, and then Laya going up to sixty nine. It's like it's all over the place. Like you have storylines galore at IPF Worlds and. Natalie would just be in a fantastic addition to that. Agreed. We're going to give it to Natalie, right? For everyone? I guess so. I was leaning toward Chrissy, but I think Angelo swayed me. (laughs) Well, again, look forward to seeing how Chrissy does, and I want to see if she can PR her best total at this meet. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be... I'm very excited to see both of them compete on the same day. Um, and you know what? As they're competing, hopefully you guys are wearing your Leflar Bros merchandise because Chrissy Paraki is a sponsored athlete and Natalie Richards, and I believe, is an affiliate. And we're a sponsored podcast of Leflar Bros. Happy birthday, CB. No, I, no. Happy belated birthday. His birthday was three weeks ago on January 14th, and we missed it. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, happy belated. Uh, I bet those Ashen cigars was a birthday gift. I'm just going to guess. But still, it's a belated birthday. If you guys didn't wish CB Leflar a happy birthday, make it up by buying some Leflar Bros merchandise. Use promo code 2WL15 or 15 in Solana 15, 
and you will save yourself some money on the best powerlifting merchandise in the sport. Look good from head to toe. Look good on the platform, off the platform, in the gym, out of the gym. Let Floor Bros make you look great. Use that promo code 2WL15 and also make sure you're following them on Instagram. I'm going to be honest about something, though. I'm semi-debating if we should continue to allow Left Law Bros to sponsor the podcast. They did not come out publicly and denounce the USPA and pull all sponsorships. I was waiting so fucking long for the punchline. I was like, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> they, yeah, Left Law Bros the did not do Yeah, we need that. I mean, it's not too late, even though I think it is, because I think it's all done now since Goose <laughs> stopped, stopped posting. You stop posting, so I and, I don't think it's a store anymore. And everyone is in the WRPF. Yeah. So yeah, until Leflaw Bros publicly denounces the USPA and pulls all future sponsorship money from them, I I don't know if I can openly uh like promote them. I think you should promote them harder. Now I'm gonna go the opposite. Oh, of Steve. Hold up, hold I up. Think we you gotta we gotta harder. You gotta watch that word harder when we're talking USPA. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's I'm a word we gotta down. we gotta watch out for. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> that's the end of this ad read. That, yeah, that, yeah. that marks the end of it. Bear, that that was uh that was an all timer though. That was an all time ad read. All right, sixty three kilo females. All right. So we got Megan Scanlon and we got Julia Williams. Now, did y'all see how Meg did in December in her meets? Nah, I missed it. Like, (laughs) what the hell? Like, I don't understand this monster that's come out. I feel like the the solution is have twins and you will automatically get twice as strong. Like, that must be what it is. All right. I'm going to pop a few out. Yep. Same. But yeah, <laughs> time. Like, Someone will tell me you have an easier time with that, Solana. I don't know. It might be <laughs> some anatomy things that I'm I'm not too sure on. Uh, you can You can learn in class. Um, okay. but she had a four eighteen squat, a three four three fourteen bench press, and then a four fifty one dead. Like, I don't know where this came from. I don't understand how she's benching, even though her bench may go down a little bit with this rule. Like. She's in the three hundreds now. Like she hit like at worlds like two seventy five or something. And we all know what happened with the last two attempts. But still, it's just like what is going on? Yeah. Well, people talk yep. about dad strength all the time. It's mom strength. Like I'm hoping, like maybe when because I'm getting older. Maybe when I have a few kids, I get that dad strength. But clearly, mom strength is doing something. Yep. And I think I mean. She's going to be the one that we're looking at. I mean, I think she's the heavy favorite to win, and she's the one that could hit the Carpino one. The big question mark is bench, because that's one of the reasons she did that meet in December was to get that in the books before they changed the bench rule. But honestly, looking at her bench right now, I mean, it's going to take a hit. But I still I still think she can bench 290-ish. And if she does that, I think she's still clear. I mean, her squat, she had more in the tank. I think her deadlift is going really well right now. I mean, I think, still, I think she can... I think she can get within five kilos of what she did with the new bench rules, which to me, I mean, I've got her pretty soundly winning this and hitting a Carpino one and solidifying a world team spot. Same. I don't really Absolutely. have too many question marks there. Yep. Absolutely. I think so too. Um, can I ask a quick question? It might need to be edited out. Is Brittany Saplicki competing? 
No. Oh, okay. That's fine. Okay. I had I had her on here because I thought she would be, and then she never did sign up. So no, she is not. I believe she okay. may be injured currently. I thought I saw something in her story right now about like her only benching. So oh, maybe okay. there's a situation. I, I don't know, but no, she is not signed up. Let me double yeah, check, but I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure she is not. Well, I listened well, to next well, episode, and she definitely mentioned she's not competing. Um, okay, and I think well, she's injured with something. So there you go. There you go. Okay. All right. 69 kilo. Oh, we have a little bit of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was Blame You're Steve. So Blame Steve. Blame Steve. Blame Steve. Julia Williams. What I do? Julia Williams, who is competing. Oh, I've got her blocked. I don't know anything she did. I know you do. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, did, well, was that in the notes at least? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> She's in there. I think you got to see it. No, I saw her in the thing, but. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. There we go. It, it is in there. It's she's just, a, she's actually one of the few people that I knowingly blocked. Like, and I know I did block her. Like, <laughs> a lot of times it's just random people. I knowingly know I blocked her. Okay. Well, one thing I will say, Julia does not post her training, but I know that her shoulder is healthier for the first time since the WRPF meet where she got injured through the spotter not catching her, missing her bench press, and it landed on her shoulder very hard. So, mm. yeah, it was bad. I watched it live. Front row was terrible. Um, since then, her bench has been way lower, and she's finally starting to see progress with this. So that's just exciting. No, I don't have her beating Rex Allen, but <laughs> her shoulder's healthier, her squat's coming up, and I'm excited to see her. Yeah, uh, a little bit of a pioneer in all the feds. WRPF, USAPL, USPA, Power of the America. It's just, you know, go with all the feds. I mean, I like that. Like, that is a... You know, if you are truly into the sport, you do go in the all the all the federations to compete, and I, I you know this this would be a, a solid meet for. Her. Um, now we can move on to the sixty nine kilos. So I I like this weight class. It was probably was it one of the better. I would say yeah, the the one of the better battles last year, Powerlifting America Nationals. It was a very interesting battle because we had a coach going against her client <laughs> last yeah. year, and we had Kristen Dunsmore going against Chelsea Savitt. Now we have Claire Zayt who joined, and I can't tell you how excited I was when I saw Claire go to PLA because I was like, this is kind of what we needed. Just because <laughs> going into Worlds last year, I was like, our weight class doesn't look like we're going to have a chance of really getting a top three spot. And now this year I'm like, Claire, she's been crushing it, and this is a good weight class for her just because I know 67 cut was very hard, but 69 mm-hmm. just got a little bit more leeway for her. And yeah. her numbers are going crazy. So Yeah, numbers are propelling like a rocket ship. She's been uh, doing fantastic with <laughs> with her training. She definitely has to be the favorite. Uh, Chelsea, who competed at Worlds last year, is incredibly strong. It looks like her training is going well. I don't, I mean, I've got her like 11.23 total, and I don't know if she can quite push the 11.51 Carpino 1, but I do believe Claire's eye can, by probably about 7.5 to 10 kilos. And I think she may have even more in the tank from that. I don't have any question marks with bench depth or any weird things like that. I mean, she's she's a pretty consistent lifter because she doesn't rely on any type of highly technical lifts. So I'm I'm pretty confident in Claire hitting that Carpino 1 and winning this weight class. Yep. Yeah, definitely a lot in the tank. Uh, yeah, Claire's a, a – I mean, again, like we saw what she's been doing in the USAPL. This is a good transition of, of for federations. And also, I mean, like Solana said, a representative for this weight class 
that could potentially jump into the top three. Uh, you know, Kelsey's game, a uh, great lifter, but Claire, I it's I could rely on Claire having a good meet, like kind of always. You know, like Best making the smart she's calls. So consistent with her yeah, lifting platform. Yeah, and it, like that's the next good. The next step would be Worlds, and um, you know USAPL. If we were still affiliated, it would have been very hard, you know, to get to Worlds. I fully agree. So Claire, definitely, I have her taking the Carpino one without even going one hundred percent all out. And then we also do have Kelsey McCarthy, which is just interesting. It's her first raw meet since twenty nineteen. No stats on her because she only posted her doing single ply. And she posted like one swat, but it's just cool that she's coming over and doing a raw meet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the carryover could be uh, solid also. I mean, but you know, that's that's what single ply, I mean, because part of the American Nationals is single ply. It's, it's the federation that I think should be the single ply federation. Um, and you do see, you know, them just compete raw, get that practice in, then jump into the suit. So, yeah, uh, yeah, the weight class um, looking solid. Uh, 76 kilos. 76 is interesting. So we got Dana McNeil, who won it last year and went to Worlds. But we've got Madeline Scott coming back to the U.S. She, I don't know the whole situation, but at one point she left the USAPL and went to USVI before the whole split thing. This is this is before the IPS. She did it. She went to she USV- did it before it was cool. Madeline Scott yeah, is before, leaving, yeah. leaving USAPL hipster. Her, Kim Wolfer. Yeah, she did before. Yeah, uh, she's coming back now. This is going to be super close. This one's interesting because the Carpino one for 76 is really high. Uh, I mean, it's it's about 30 kilos over what either of them have done. It's going to be tough for either of them to hit it, but I could. It, it's very plausible based on how this system works. I don't know how this system works when it comes to like maybe the final couple alternate spots. That one, the winner of this class may get like the final spot at Worlds to get a seventy-six um, to go there. So it'll be very interesting. Now, the the big thing here, I, I I probably have to lean towards Dana solely for the reason that she's going to have the final deadlift and she seemingly can pull anything she wants to and grind it out for thirty seconds. I mean, yeah. she 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 may be able to hit a longer grinder on deadlift than Pana. That was the best 2019. No, was it 2020? 2021. No. You were wrong. Twice. What? 2021. What year was it where I watched the deadlift of my life that she failed? 2021 when she went against Jasmine and then Jasmine got overturned and ended up winning it. That was just the best deadlift grind I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, yeah. Front row, I was right there. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. I had never seen that girl in my life. And I was like, you're my favorite person in the world now. Like, that was incredible. Um, but yes, it's going to be a fun one. And also Dana, I will say, so I'm just excited because she, just like me, like bench press is just like sad. And like for the first time getting close to me, she's benching 225. Normally it's like 198 right now. I'm not even kidding. I'm most excited. about. I didn't, I didn't see 225. Yes. Is that, it was, I didn't it see was, that. It was, she posted her either deadlifting or squatting. Yeah, I was squatting, and if you waited for it, you saw her bench to 25. And I was, like, so oh, happy. Those. I got mad at and Brandon Petrie well. today for his... I got mad at Brandon Petrie today for his dumb reel that I had to watch six times to watch all three lifts back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Lifters, 
for the sake of our preview shows, make those slides. Please make those slides. <laughs> They're not okay. anti-real. They want the rules played. I, I, I adjusted bench. I still don't know if that is going to get her to a Carpino one, but I think that makes her a little bit more of a favorite if she's benching 225 now. And it moves well. So, yeah, um, that's why I did have her above Madeline. Um, I had Madeline hitting like around 1178, and I am really guessing on her numbers, but I did look at her lifts. I saw her hits, her four or two really easy, so I gave her like a 429 squat and then deadlift 430 for a triple, so I gave her 45. And then I had her at 264 bench to hire 1178. So Dana, I just have her hitting when she's hitting the gym. And I even took five pounds off her bench and I gave her 1200. Yep, I got her right at 1200 too. I mean, we're, we're pretty much, I had 1200 and 1180. We're identical. Okay. Me and Solana, honestly, if you look at me and Solana's, we're not going, we don't say all the numbers anymore as much uh, because people yell at us. But if you look at me and Solana, we're spot on with each other pretty much on everything because we think alike. Whereas Angelo, we have no idea what he thinks. Probably best if we keep it that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but so yep, that being said, I have Dana taking the win and I do not have her hitting the Carpinos total. I don't know if she can pull out the deadlift, like some incredible like 570, <laughs> but I just don't have her taking the actual total. All right. All right, we From got there, Well, the 84 and 84 and a half, and we can talk about them real quick, but they don't have anyone that would likely get anywhere near. I mean, the Carpino score there is ridiculous because of Amanda Lawrence and uh, Shamanica frown. Um, <laughs> yeah. There, there's, it's Michelle Robbins has signed up. Uh, she's she signed up for the, for the Arnold too. Maybe she's doing both just like Kate Cohen. Um, if she has the meat of her life, that would be great. She can win that class, but it would still probably unfortunately be like, 200 pounds short of the Carpino one because of Amanda Lawrence. Amanda Lawrence ruins it for everyone. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Which um, would kind of lead to the fact that then we've got, we've got Amanda and Shamanica frown at Sheffield and yeah. likely both of them would hit the Carpino one at Sheffield. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would be willing to bet that. Convincing. That- so, if I was to go, I mean, do we want to go into the world team selection then? Yeah. We can Can I ask one quick question though? And this could be bad journalism on my end. Um, Alexis Jones is staying in the USAPL. What's What's the deal with Alexis? Yeah, for now, I believe she is. She's not. Okay. She is not signed up for this. I have I have heard rumors Am that I... she might eventually go I, IPF. I've heard that, but she is not signed okay. up for this meet. No. Yeah. So I guess it's just me going off of what I've heard. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, I'll go first. The people I solidly have hitting Carpino once and earning their spot based off a of weight class is Jessica at the 47s, Natalie at 57, Megan Scanlon at 63, and Claire's Eye at 69, which leaves four open spots. Amanda Lawrence and Shamanica Frown are going to very likely hit the Carpino one at Sheffield, which would get them two of the spots, which is easy too, because those weight classes are open. From there, again, I don't know how they're selecting it. It's likely then going to be some combination, if we have two more spots, of Heather Connor, Megan Hurlburt, Jamie Fisher, Agatha, or Dana McNeil. I think likely Heather Connor is going to get that first kind of alternate spot. So that's seven. 
The eighth one, I have no idea. I'm probably going to lean if I'm picking Megan Hurlburt to take that spot because no one would be there so far in 52. And I think if I'm if I'm picking, I think Megan might be a little bit closer to the Carpino one than Dana will. So therefore, if I'm using logic, I, I, again, I don't. I, I'm just I'm assuming they're going to pick based off of like relative Carpino one percentage, like the highest one gets it if the weight class is open. I'd pick Megan Hurlburt. So my my picks would be Jessica, Natalie, Megan, Claire, Amanda, Shamanica. Heather and Megan Hurlburt. Did you pick I, a 76? I didn't. I don't have a 76. There's nine weight classes. There's not everyone's going to have a weight class. Oh, wait, there's eight weight classes. Sorry. No, I picked two 47s. I picked Heather and Jessica. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. And Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, I. I mean, I'm going to just echo Steve. Like, this one can't, I can't really get a hot take in, even for the sake of the show being interesting. <laughs> like, this one's like, that's like, <laughs> there's nothing I could say here that would be, like, logical. Unless I'm missing something, the logical would be like, yeah, it's pretty fair, and I, 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 like I, I said, can't see no. anything different. Like, the more the, ba- like, that's, yeah, the battle part is the, the thing where you maybe get those takes. The... Yeah. And like, I would even, if I, I would stop it, if like, if Heather beat Jessica, I would have Jessica in there. I, the, the women's is, I, to me is decently clear cut. It maybe the, the eight spot is a little bit up for grabs, but it, it's pretty clear cut. And I don't think anyone's going to get like shafted. Everyone who deserves to be in is likely going to get in. That's fair. The only thing I'm that I can switch for you at all is like 47s. I'm like still leaning towards the side of Heather just because I think she'll be able to perform on me day. And again, I know I've not seen Jessica's close friend lifts. No, she's killing it. Doesn't mean that it will happen on me day. So I'm just leaning more towards Heather. Either way, though, I can't see them not picking her as the alternate, either one of them. So mm-hmm. pretty much the same thing. It's the only difference. The rest is the same. Yeah. Great. All right. All right. Well, this is time. And uh, Let's do it. You're well represented at this meet here, Steve. We got Waskar Carpio at 59 kilos. Yeah, I'm, who's a lifter I'm very. I don't think America poster child. That's what I am now. Yeah. Who would have thought? Look at us. Who would have thought, yeah. Steve? The powerlifting. The, the, yeah. They also, you're the coach of powerlifting America as Joey Flex throws his computer through the room or phone as he's listening to this. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, Waskar, I, I, a great addition for Powerlifting America. And then competing in that 59-kilo weight class, I I think right now what we're seeing in his training, and Steve could possibly elaborate a little bit more on this, it's not like it's a battle. We're trying to hide the numbers here and, you know, don't tell people too much what you're going to do. But I think he has the numbers hit that the, hit the, the, uh, the Carpino score. But also, like, I'm kind of looking ahead here to – Worlds as well, and I, I'm excited to see what Waskar can do. I mean, I'll I'll share numbers. I said that, um, if you look at the sheet, I said I'll share numbers for Waskar because it's there, there's some other 59 kilo lifters, but it, he's kind of in his own separate class when it comes to actually being able to qualify for Worlds. So I don't mind sharing it. Um, yeah, training's going really really good, and the biggest biggest thing to note at nationals, he competed at 132. A week out, he weighed 146. Yeah. These these meets you see that he actually does really good at, 
he cuts like 12 pounds. And I immediately, when I started coaching him, I told him, if you are going to Malta, we can't do that. You can't cut 12 pounds when you're traveling overseas. He currently weighs 135 and he's hitting these numbers. The last, these are all like the last time he's hit these numbers, he weighed 146. Um, so he is, the reason he's been able to cut like that is he was a wrestler and he used to have to do these cuts oh, okay. every single month. If anyone's familiar with wrestling, wrestlers tend to be like some of the best, like, especially like UFC or people that have a wrestling background, cuts don't seem to affect them very much because they literally did it all the time back in their competitive career for wrestling. So he's used to cutting, but a four or five pound weight cut for him is going to be like an absolute cakewalk. So I expect him to easily be able to hit what he does in the gym on the platform. Um, the only thing is we've been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue on bench. So we're probably not going to push it on bench, but looking at what we need, uh, likely by second attempt deadlift, we're going to, if he hits his, hits three squats, he hits three benches on our second attempt deadlift. He'll be able to hit the Carpino one because as well as 255 is the deadlift record. And we'll probably go like 255.5 on the second attempt and be able to chip the deadlift record and do whatever we need chip wise to hit the six. It's six thirteen point five We need, I've got him around, uh, 625 ish, 620 to 625. Um, as likely his total, and he only needs 613. Um, so our goal is to kind of be able to hit that 613 by his second attempt deadlift and then just throw on whatever we want to for some fun come that third attempt deadlift. And really come world's time, the big question mark is uh, Sergei Fedoshenko allowed to compete? That will be the big question. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, I know one of our big goals, and I'll also say it here, and this is me saying it, uh, our goal is to hit Charlie Yang, currently has what I'll call the best legitimate 59 kilo total of all time. And I put legitimate in a quotation mark because Sergey has been popped for performance enhancing drugs before and is from Russia. Um, arguably, it could be stated that... Uh, allegedly. Allegedly. Alleg- well, he didn't allegedly get popped. He actually did and got suspended for two years. I retract I my last statement. <laughs> Not a lot. Um, you could say maybe you could say maybe he doesn't do it anymore, but he's from Russia. So I'm I, I, one of our goals is in quotes hit the best legitimate 59 kilo total ever. Yeah. Um, so, um, but yeah, yeah, I think Waskar. I got him 490, 303, 584, 1377 total. Uh, getting the Carpino one, and I think that's very very doable for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah I think so too. I very excited to see Waskar. Definitely a uh, favorite of two white lights. You know, uh, uh, maybe a bit of unfair that he's uh, you know one half of the show coaches him, but still, um, I I just remember it's actually cool because at the Arnold, I remember meeting him and him being like, just you can tell when somebody loves this sport a lot. And he's like, yeah, I'm competing tomorrow. I'm really excited. And then, you know, kill it, actually, at that meet. And then kind of propel himself right into Nationals. And now he's just game at Powerlifting America Nationals, game to go to Worlds. And I, when I spoke to him, it was like his second meet. Yep. I still and remember. That was last year's Arnold. was getting interviewed on the main stage while I was sitting there with Sean and Ashton. And Waskar came up and started talking to us. That's the first time I ever met him. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to see. Um, so, yeah, wishing nothing but the best for him. Now the next weight class, 66 kilos. So, same as last year, but we got an addition, and I love the addition. Brian Lai, who had himself a monster meet, 
at his last meet. Just absolutely blew the doors off. And he has been, I mean, Nationals was a rough meet for him, but I go back to that Arnold meet that he had where he was almost able to take that pro card and what he did at his last meet. I I am really loving the addition of Brian with Rodrigo and Jonathan Garcia here. We got we got ourselves a nice little showdown. Yeah, this is this is a good one. A really good one. Because this is gonna be a true, true battle. And honestly, all three listers have question marks. Brian yep. has some suspect deadlift lockout. Rodrigo has had execution issues with bench and deadlift. Jonathan has issues with squat depth and with deadlift lockout. Not lockout, but holding on. No, none of them are like, for sure, like they go nine for yeah. nine. We're guaranteed they're going to hit this. They all, they all, all amazing lifters, but all have their question marks. And this could be really interesting. Um, I honestly think all, I, I think the winner of this could be one of the favorites going into Worlds this year with uh, Pata being hurt and Eddie Berglund going up a weight class. Yeah. So Jonathan's training looks like it's going unreal. He always does a lot more in training, though, he does in the does in the meet. I don't know how much that is based off of, like, a weight cut or whatnot, but, like, he just hit 594 by three and then benched 396 for three with a good pause and, I, like... I've seen this before from him and he typically doesn't do as much on the platform. So again, I don't know if it's a weight cut thing or what kind of happens, but if he can get anywhere near his training numbers right now, it's insane. Like insane enough that like, if he was at Sheffield, I honestly think he could be one of the favorites at Sheffield to be top three. No, he's totally crushing it. And when I was looking at it, I was like, wow. Okay. You could blow me out of the water, but also looking at Brian, I'm like, I saw him pause a 690 deadlift, and I was like, that is the cleanest deadlift I've ever seen you do, and you paused it. So I'm now very excited because I'm like, I think he finally has his form down. Because it wasn't just like he would go to a meet and like flop. It was like in training. It was just like not <laughs> being locked out well ever. ever. Mm-hmm. So now I'm yeah, like, this is now consistent. Predict- That's it kind of a big deal. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was predictable yeah. watching his deadlifts. Like, I could kind of tell, like, okay, this is this... Um, like I, I don't think his deadlift is going to be there on meet day, and then at the Arnold, like his other two lifts really carried him. And I thought, it was, I, in my opinion, I thought it was just a bad call. I thought he could have went something a little bit more conservative on a second attempt at the Arnold than you might be seeing him as the pro series, uh, the not the pro series, the amateur day winner to get that pro card. Um, but yeah, his last meet was was amazing. And like uh, Steve said, all these lifters have question marks, and this is kind of going to be the the sport aspect of powerlifting of lifters missing lifts and being able to potentially take advantage of that lifter missing a lift. Um, let me bring this scenario to you: um, last deadlift of the day, or last deadlifts going in. Who do you trust? Who do you I trust mean, to hit their it? lift? Yeah, I mean Brian's, Brian's got the have... biggest deadlift, but yeah, who Jonathan's got the subtotal to take the win. <sighs> right now, I trust Jonathan. I think I, I, I was about training, to say Jonathan too. He he has greatly improved that factor when it comes to PA Nats and it comes to even more so Worlds. He's greatly improved that factor of hitting his lifts, and I think he's likely going to subtotal something so crazy that he can likely hit a somewhat conservative third attempt and force Brian to have to go like 700, which is plausible. Mm-hmm. It is, it is very plausible. Yeah. Brian can go 700 plus. It is. Ve- I, I, that's why I, it's, it's hard. I have them separated by two and a half kilos. That's it. 
Rodrigo, I honestly think Rodrigo's training is going the best it has in a while. He looks like he's healthy. Um, squat, bench, and deadlift are at all-time best numbers. I just don't know if he can quite hang with where Brian and Jonathan are. I think Rodrigo is kind of in a pace where he could he could he could be back to where he was when he won nationals in twenty nineteen. Yep. And possibly chip that total a bit. But the issue is is Brian and Jonathan are at like world record total level. And I mean, to get them close, I am pulling Jonathan's training numbers way down. If Jonathan pushes, I he I I could see him going seven fifteen, and I don't know if that's touchable. Yeah, yeah, I would agree too. Like if you with that scenario, I'm giving it to Jonathan. I wish Brian had posted his actual last week of training because he he said he claimed to have done SPD throughout the week and doubled seven oh seven point five kilos, and I was like, why did you not post this? So I can see what you're actually doing. Was it clean? How did it look? So I'm like, I can't see it. So I'm going to go Jonathan. But at the same time, it sounds like Trans going great, not just Dela's going great. So I'm excited to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I, this is one I would not be shocked either way. And I think whoever wins this class hits the Carpino one and gets their world team spot and will be my favorite going into Worlds. Yeah, I, I would um, agree with you that I think – I mean, thanks for change, but I right now my early favorite to win the sixty six kilos is from America. All right. So. The only the unfortunate the unfortunate thing is because of what we're going to talk about in a bit <clears throat> is the fact that I think both of them could deserve a world team spot, but it's probably not going to happen because of how Sheffield is. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So. Yeah. Well. All right. Seventy four kilos. This will be nice and fast. Uh, we have Taylor Atwood, and he will come in. Do we He's need competing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Why not? And all he needs is a six, 1696 total to hit the Carpino, so I assume he's just going to go in and hit that just with, like, an easy SBD day just to solidify his spot because, like, that's that's going to be easy. That, that won't, yeah. That'll be, like, God, openers. Can't, can't wait to see him actually uh, compete. <laughs> Too many sandbag meets that I've been watching. Not his fault, but yeah, isn't that funny though? Like, so you get. I can't wait to see him go to eighty three. Honestly, that's my biggest thing. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> he's. I don't think he's ever. Talk, he's ever. He's never talked about that. I don't think. Doesn't sound like him. No. No, because really, it. I mean, because really, when when things are bad, it's actually going good, and when a good is great, that's when things are really kind of like you're spreading the positivity. That's when the good is good. When the good is great, um, but yeah, but I just think it's funny because Taylor Atwood, like again, not, it, when you have injuries, and I mean, at last year, Powerlifting America Nationals, uh, clearly you don't need to do anything, and I would opt, opt like, yeah, don't go and try to hit eight thirty total at Powerlifting America Nationals when you have worlds coming up and you're uncontested, pretty much. Um, but it's like the next, last three meets that Taylor Atwood we're going to see is just him just putting token lifts together. Like we haven't seen yep. that from any Which, other power lifter. Yeah. No, that's how good he is. <laughs> it's funny, that's frankly, it's how good he is. Yeah. So. Yeah, so. it's it's crazy. Yep. Like three straight meets, three sandbag meets. One of them being IPF Worlds, all of which are national and world meets. It's it's crazy. Uh, but on to the eighty-three kilo weight class, and I'm. A bias here. Very excited for this weight class because you got Sean Jin, 
Powerlifting's Bad Boy, and John Gruden, better known as Deuce Gruden. So, there's a lot here, and John Gruden going to Powerlifting America Nationals, I think, is a good move for him, um, you know, with the football season and what's... Nationals being moved back in the fall, that pretty much takes him out of like competing at Nationals. Like It's an impossibility, really, for him to compete at Nationals and probably train effectively when he has a football season to deal with. So we're going to see a great John Gruden at this meet, and we're going to see the defending junior national champion 83 kilos. Um, and both of these guys, I think, are right up there with Delaney, in my opinion. As far as just lifters go, like I'm, I... John Gruden, we see what he can do on the platform. I think he can go and get close to a total of a Delaney. And with Sean Jin's training, too, I think he can go to do that well. And they're going to have to. They're going to have to push the highest total possible because Delaney has the advantage of just competing later. Not Jin, though, is hiding. He's hiding his stuff. Yeah. Darn Sean. He hit some really big lifts there, and then he's been hiding it since. He's, yeah, he's posting I, nothing but like warm ups. So, and I had a really time hard time and, and being able to project and just speak yeah, toxic. A really hard time projecting what well, he can do. Well, almost, all right, compared to more so, almost more so. I actually have a better idea. I actually have a better idea of what Gruden's going to do than Sean Chen because Gruden, even though he doesn't post, you get an idea. Yeah, um, you see. Consistency. He is not a junior lifter who could have a massive spike in total. Like we're probably not going to see that from John. We've seen consistent progression to where I can, and we saw his lifts of where I like his bench would really was really easy at nationals. We know kind of where his deadlift is at. I, I have a good idea of the progression that John has been having meet to meet. I just I don't even know where to place Sean Jin right now. Uh, I could see, I, I, I just don't, I, I don't because I don't have any ideas of what to be able to project off of other than kind of taking what he's done um, with some of those lists that we saw. What was it? Was it 655 for a double he hit on squat or something like that? What was that big yeah. squat he did? And then now it's not posted anymore. He took it down. Yeah. Dick. I missed it. <laughs> so annoying. No, he, oh, took, he took, was he a took, 540 squat. No, he took all of his posts down. So I yes, know. I don't have much from him. So I have a really hard time projecting this other than the fact that I do feel very like it is, I can see both of them hitting a Carpino one score. Both of them are going to, it's going to be tough. It's not like an in the bag thing, like Taylor hitting it or something like that. It will be tough for both of them to hit a Carpino one score that likely is near both of their top ends just because of seeing it. And having a bit more idea of where it's trending to, and knowing that really Gruden probably had the Carpino one score at nationals, he just took a little bit too big of a jump. Like if Gruden had took two and a half more on bench because his bench moved easy, and then he hadn't have taken as big of a jump on deadlift, he could have hit the Carpino one score. So I'm really confident he can. I, I literally have seen it in a meet that he could do it with the right attempt selection. Has already been capable of it. I have not seen Sean physically capable of it in a meet. His training has been indicative that he can get close, but since he's not showing anything right now, John is the only one that I feel I can 100% confidently say that I think he can hit the Carpino one score, which is why I've got John. John. 
I would like to pick Sean. I just don't have enough info to be able to make that pick over John Gruden. Yeah, that pretty much. It's like really exciting because they both will have to push to get that total and to beat each other at the same time. So it'll be the most yeah, exciting one to watch. What? Yeah, it's a battle. We got a battle. It's- like this is and Sean, Sean Jin. Sean Jin will probably have the last pull. That is the benefit there. Mm-hmm. He's going to is- probably pull more, so he's going to be able to, like, let's say John hits the Carpino one, and Sean needs to chip him. I, Sean will have the ability to do that. That is the one benefit there. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I... I... Um, I'm always... That's kind of the thing. I'm always just see... I'm always excited to see, like... John Gruden compete, and I always have this thing in the back of my mind, like, what if he just got way stronger? Because for some reason, I just believe that he always like can. But we hear these like, myths. He, I've heard, I've heard some crazy myths of things he's done in the gym. Yeah, he's 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 the the legends of John Gruden lifts are are ever changing. Yeah, so I mean. Uh, he might post something because I remember like going in the Arnold last year. He posted a three hundred double. I'm like, okay, that actually does gives me an idea of what he's going to squat on the day. So, uh, I, that was that, but that was all I got. Like, was that? So, yeah, um, eighty three kilos looking real stacked on that side, and I and it's good because last year was a bit of a snoozer with Delaney just kind of going in there un, uncontested and just going and throwing, you know lifts together this year is going to be anything but a snoozer i think i think it's going to be a battle um but speaking of battles this this one is really compelling to me we got gavin versus chance Chance mitchell and bryce Bryce lewis Lewis thrown in there like (laughs) this one's so interesting because i have no idea what they all plan to do except for bryce yeah that's that's why it's interesting for me i like on paper too it's awesome but even just this whole you know, what is Gavin and Chance going to do? Because they're going to be battling each other again at Sheffield, which you got to think they're saving their best performance for that. And then you have Bryce Lewis like, well, I'm not a Sheffield. I'm going to go all out. The only benefit I give here, I've got Chance. For the sole reason that Chance tends to already train at pretty high intensities this far out from Ami. Like we, we see a lot of his training where he's already hitting pretty darn heavy singles to where I think he can do a normal SBD day and put up a Carpino one where Gavin Gavin's training is going amazing right now. I would, PR I double mean, on squat. I, his deadlift has never looked better. I have no doubt Gavin and Chance could compete against each other. I just don't know if Gavin is wanting to go as all out as maybe Chance could, since Chance's training tends to be more all out in the first place. Here's what I want. And then obviously you got Bryce. You got Bryce. Sorry, I'll have you finish. I'm sorry. I was gonna, okay, I was going to say one more thing. You obviously got Bryce. And originally, it was, we saw Bryce and Gavin on the roster before we and we knew Chance was in Sheffield. I didn't. We didn't know Gavin was in it. And when we and I saw Chance sign up, that was before we knew about Gavin. I thought Chance was signing up to defend off Gavin. But talking to Chance, it sounds more like him and Gavin are doing this to defend off Bryce. And Bryce has a good chance. He has a very good chance at hitting his Carpino one. It's all just very interesting. And I don't know how to predict this because it's not about 
who can win. It's about who's going to do enough to win. Yeah. Tevin, this is a big game of chicken. That's all it is. Like, to see, like, who, if you push the opener and put, you know, your opener in, does, does someone else change your opener? You just play the game of chicken. Get in the head of the competitor. I don't know. Like, it is, it is kind of, like, it's a, it's a fascinating thing for me because I've never seen something like this where, you know, like, clearly, uh, have you? I don't know. No, this is, this is an incredibly weird situation. And I, again, I'm picking Chance for multiple reasons, but one of the reasons is he hits a lot of really heavy deadlifts at this point in his training. He's going to have the last deadlift, and he's going to load up whatever he needs to to pull, to chip whatever he needs to to win. And I don't think he's going to have to go all out for the meet. He's just going to load up wherever he needs to win it. So that's the only reason I'm picking it. I, I If it was Gavin versus Chance straight up, it would be a little bit of a different story and I'd have to be a little bit more calculated on what I think they both can do, which we're going to get at Sheffield and talk about more, but that's my prediction. But at the same time, I just, just, it's just a, it's a, it's a weird scenario. It's a super weird scenario of how they're going to be playing chicken against each other. Yeah. 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 Like I, I was going to say, I looking and of course you have Gavin and chance decides to leave all of his posts too. Um, but, and then Gavin's not really posting a lot, but that, big squat double I was leaning more towards Gavin just because I felt like he wouldn't mind going more all out and then just kind of like hoping like, I don't know he's just kind of person he's like I don't care I'm just gonna do whatever so I feel like he would just go full all out and like worry about the aftermath later <laughs> whereas I feel like the more calculated people are chance what would be chance and then Bryce again has nothing to lose so I felt like Gavin would just like go full like full steam ahead and maybe that would be enough to get him to win. That was kind of my thought process. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'll see. I want to say my preview for them for, for Sheffield because that is a compelling matchup, but I just, I don't know what you would do in this situation. Yep. I don't know. I, I don't, this is a, this is a weird one. And I could see a scenario of any three winning for a multitude of odd reasons, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Chance because he's totaled the most over the Carpino one. Well, he's the only one that's totaled the Carpino one, and I feel like he probably has the best chance of hitting that. Pun intended. Yeah, you said it a lot. Um, I you know what I'm just gonna say it right now. I think Gavin needs to get this world team spot because I just can't see him ever wear that USVI singlet again. He just does not look good in it. Sorry, Gavin. Love you, but you need the Team USA singlet. Like the USBI one, the color just doesn't fit you, considering you're clearly not from the Virgin Islands, um, and you're a full-blooded American who's half Italian, and I don't know the other half. But still, like I, when I saw that when I saw that image last year of him being the USBI, it was him and uh, Joe Jordan. I'm like, well, I don't like this for a variety of reasons. I would have just opted not to wear the, the nation singlets. What I'm saying is, I need Gavin to wear an E Team USA singlet. That's that's where my decision lies. Solely based on that, yeah, hundred percent. I I could see him. I think he could out total chance I, if he went all out. I could. I would be predicting Gavin right now to out total the current world record total. I just don't know how all, all out they're going to go. So that's why it's a weird situation. So. But 
here's my other prediction with Chance. As far as singlets go, hopefully his performance does well enough where Stoic makes a fully customized Team USA singlet. Just for Chance. Is Stoic allowed at IPF Worlds? Yeah, we're right. We're uh, IPF approved. Use promo code Angelo. Use pro- yeah, they, they, didn't, they did not assassinate Stoic's right to be at IPF Worlds. Oh. But use promo code Angelo10. Save yourself some money on all Stoic gear that's IPF approved. Can wear it anywhere. All right. uh, maybe not the USA. Did we disavow you? I, I don't know if Stoic. I, did you guys both pick Gavin and I picked Chance? I picked Gavin. I'm I'm a pick. Uh, hold on. Shit, shit. I'm yeah. I uh, that's a hard one. Yeah, that one's that one's damn near impossible. <laughs> it's damn near impossible for me to come up with a lot, like just to know what they're going to do. That's it. Um, chance. Fuck it. Why not? Okay. I'll pick Gavin for Sheffield. I don't know. Just change <laughs> just the because he chose Chance know. now. Yeah. This, this goes with the opposite. Okay. I don't, it's just weird okay. predicting between the two in this weight class because it's hard. They're they're competing in a bigger meet. I would say definitely a bigger meet um, a month later. So I we'll see. We'll see what happens. Like that is going to be a very fun thing if both of them go all out. They'll scorch earth compete against each other, then compete against each other again. When you have you know tanks like you know uh, Cross Steph and Keiko. So, okay, let's move on to the next weight class. I'm really, I'm 93s always bring it. Oh, 93s are bringing it the past two years. It's been awesome watching the 93s. Um, just give me more of them. But we have 105 kilo weight class, Justin Rogers, former USP, USAPL pro, Justin Rogers, competing. Um, what do you think, Steve? He, just, he doesn't post much of his training. He did just win bench nationals with a 507 bench, which is decently above what he's done before. Even looking at his best lifts, it's just, it's going to be tough for him to hit a 1987 total. I mean, that would be, I believe, a hundred pound PR total over what he did at uh, the Arnold last year. It's plausible. I just, I don't see enough training to be able to say I could confidently predict he can go 1987. Yeah, same I here. Would I kind of. So. Oh, you can. No, I would. I, I would. I would say I can't predict him hitting that. Uh, Justin, he got mad at me for saying this on the preview for twenty twenty one nationals, and I am going to stick by it. He technically, technically speaking, not the best lifter, very strong, but his technical side of his lifts, it just there's a lot of struggle there. Um, so making that improvement, you need both. You need the technique to be on point along with your strength. That's fair. Yeah. Same here. I was looking at his training. He's not posting a lot of it. I put him around 1911. That's just him matching the bench he just hit. And I gave him like a 710. Well, basically I have him like chipping some of his, um, squat and dead. If it's going better than that, I just wouldn't know. So it's just a really big jump. And I'm not sure if he can hit it. All right. Well, Want to move on to the 120 weight class that has a lot of competitors in it? Yeah, the 120s are interesting. Because the 120s is going to be a very competitive weight class, one through four, and they're all going to be right on the brink of the Carpino one. Right on the brink. Like, 
it's tough to know if any of them can hit it, but there could be three people within like 10 kilos of it, which is Mike DeShare. Just did a podcast with him today with Powerlifting Now. Tristan Naselrod, Big Chief Enrique Lugo, and John Vasquez. Um, and I don't, the only one who I feel like I can look at their training and I shouldn't say that. All, all of them, I have, I have Mike, Tristan, and Enrique all within 10 pounds of each other, all within 10 to 20 pounds of the Carpino one score. I think John's a little bit on the outside looking in. It, it would just be interesting. I, I don't, I don't know how to predict this one of who would win. Um, well, Mike is going to get the final poll. Um, he is definitely the biggest deadlifter here. Um, yeah, it, it'll be an interesting one. I'm not, I'm not quite sure if, if well, they're going to be able to hit that Carpino one, but no matter what, there's going to probably be three to four pulls for the win. Yeah. One thing I do know with Lugo though, is he did suffer a bit of an injury, not recent, recent, but in. Um, I think recent enough because I mean, looking at his deadlift at seven Oh five, you can tell that that injury that he had, I'm not sure exactly what the injury was, but, um, it was, I, I'm so bad with anatomy close to the bicep. I think, I don't know, but I, I think it's, it's having a clear effect on his deadlift based on what I've seen recently, whereas best deadlift is seven fifty where I think at this meets, he could be at 727, and that'll be, I think, really good. So you, I have to bump him down a little bit on deadlift just based on him recovering. I was wondering about that, because I was looking at his lifts, and I was like, all of his squats look hard, and are not super close to what he's hit in the past, but also I'm like, they all just look the same. So I'm like, do you just squat like this in general? Or are you dealing with something? Like, everything... Yeah, he's, he's on the recovery back. I mean, I, I think a good a good uh, prep, but he's still on the... I think on the recovery train. I, and I, he kept it low-key. Like, I don't know if I was even supposed to know it or, or supposed to say anything, but, you know, I don't want to sit here, though, and also say, yeah, he could, total, he could fucking deadlift 750 with me having the knowledge that he got hurt. You know, I don't want to say that. Either. The one, the one person I feel like is posting training that's indicative that they might have a really big meet is Tristan. He doesn't post a lot, and he doesn't post a lot of like big numbers except for his deadlift, and he hit a seven eighty deadlift in training. I mean, that's almost sixty pounds over his current meet PR. And, and I have to think. I mean, usually these big guys who conventional deadlift, they tend to get a pretty nice deadlift taper. I have to think he's going to be able to hit 780 or more on meet day. So I, I'm expecting Tristan to come in as the favorite here. I mean, I personally, I, and Mike, he just competed recently in Colorado. Was it Colorado? Uh, it was the same meet that Bryce Lewis did and Garrett Blevins did. Didn't have as quite of good of meat um, as he, but I went and looked. I mean, Mike tends to have a pretty good idea of what his top end is. He missed a couple lifts. He missed so. his third squat and he missed his third deadlift. He attempted 733 and he attempted 826. I do not think he would have attempted those if he didn't think those were possible. So if I gave Mike 733 and 826, that puts him at 2016. If 
I'm taking Tristan's numbers and giving him a little bit of a bump to his squat, um, his bench, and then giving him like a 770 deadlift, let's say 770. That puts them both around 2020, like 2,000 pound, 20 total. Now, if Tristan can go 780 plus, that's where I think he is the one person that I think I am, I think can hit the Carpino one that I, 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 I feel confident in saying that from the numbers I've seen. And also, Mike T is also talking about like back pain too. So I'm like, is this going to affect you or are we okay now? He mentioned that like in his last couple of posts. I think he's typically just dealt with that though. I don't know how much that's new versus something he's like, that's, that's what plagued him for a really long time and why he didn't compete. But either way, I think I'd have to pick Tristan as the favorite here. And the big question is, is can he hit that Carpino one? Because if he hits that Carpino one, that makes things even more interesting for what we'll soon talk about. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree, and I would pick Lugo under regular circumstances, but I think he's on the come up right now as far as just kind of recovering uh, from his injury. Um, now in the super heavies, we get to see Ray Williams, and you know, based on his last meet, I'm excited to see Ray Williams compete. Um, you know, this will be my third time watching Ray Williams compete, uh, barring I get kicked out early, but. I mean, so, I mean, okay, with Ray, Steve, what would you say, like, his chances of getting, like, would you, would you say shoe-in? Would you give him a shoe-in for the um, Carpino I, I think score? It's, I think it's very likely. He only was, I think, two and a half kilos under the Carpino score. And he only posted a squat. I don't think I saw, I couldn't find his bench or his deadlift, so I don't know how those move. But he hit a 970 squat, and it was easy. Like, I think that was maybe a second attempt. So all he's got to do is squat a little bit, two and a half kilos more. Bench. I, I, I would be very confident Ray can hit the Carpino one without even going all out, and I yeah. think he will. I, I don't want to call it a shoe in because he does have factors. The fact that like he's a big dude, depth sometimes is a little bit harder to come by, um, and he has been called on that occasionally on third attempts, even when it looks pretty good. Um, and then Devil's just been iffy. I mean, that's 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 been what's been the biggest issue over the last. Right. Uh, three years or so has been his back issue that affects deadlift and it just hasn't been able to deadlift the same. Um, so that's always kind of like, is it going to flare up? Is it going to be able to deadlift the same? I've got him in. I, I think he can easily add two and a half to five kilos. No problem over what he did at that little two nut meet. Um, I think he's going to hit the Carpino one. He's going to get the world's team spot. And yeah. this is the one that I think this is the one that bothers me the most that he should definitely be able to hit that Carpino one. And no matter how well Jesus does, like, how likely is it they'll have two super heavies when either one should take first? Yep. Well, do you want to... Maybe they'll do it just so we finally get Jesus and Ray, I don't know, in 2024. But that (laughs) means you care more about one point or a battle. No, I get get it. No, I get it. I'm just saying it's so crazy that it's like they are just so, like... It seems so close to them to competing against each other, yet it seems so far away. Impossible. <laughs> and then at a point, well, uh, it's going to turn worse than the Mayweather-Pacquiao, you know, uh, comparison I made. It's just going to be so far. I think Jesus would get that first spot, though. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what their criteria is. Are they going to bias towards weight class? And if there's a 105, or if there's no 105 person, is Mikey going to get it? Um, because he can hit the Carpino one, or are they going to bias to the fact that I think of all the people at Sheffield, Jesus will beat the Carpino one by the highest percentage. 
like 22-34 for Jesus would be a terrible day. Like if that's, it's probably below his openers. Jesus is going to blow it out of the water. I kind of have to think Jesus has to be the first alternate. But I think we should get to picking our people and then get to who we think is getting in because then that kind of debates who do we think those alternates are getting in. Okay. So I'll go first. I've got six people, maybe seven. I'm only going six, though, for now. I've got Waskar, Jonathan Garcia, Taylor Atwood, John Gruden, Chance Mitchell, and Ray Williams hitting the Carpino one. I could definitely see a situation where one of those people may not do it, and I could definitely see a situation where Tristan Naselrod hits it, and we have seven, and there's only one spot. But I'm just I'm going to go with the fact that I think there's going to be two spots open in some way. If that's the case, then we got Mikey Jesus, Keiko, Delaney, and then whoever doesn't possibly win between Gavin and Chance. I think Jesus, I'm probably going to pick Jesus and Mikey. I I, th- I I don't know their criteria, but I think Jesus is going to beat the Carpino one by the most amount. And you know what? If some politics are involved, it would be probably pretty important to keep Jesus since he very well could be one of the biggest like draws in all of powerlifting. And if he doesn't get to go to Worlds, what does he do after that? Um, since uh, he would be a favorite in the pro series if he wanted to come back. I think Jesus gets a spot, and I think Mikey gets a spot because they would need a 105. Mm. But I don't know their criteria. That's the only reason I'm picking those two. I I don't know the criteria, and it makes sense to me that Jesus probably is going to have the highest Carpino 1, and then the 105 spot's going to be open, so Mikey would be a good fill-in there to make sure you get a 105. All right, so how many alternates would we have? There will be so, two in go... this scenario. Well, okay, so I'll go Waskar. Yeah. So I'll go for me, Waskar, uh, Brian, Atwood, Gruden, and go Chance. Yeah, then Ray. Then I get two alternates, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Like, yeah, it's just so weird. This is, the, by the way... The most painful preview I've done just because of this part right here because it's just not fun. It's like not, no. not even a, not even a fun thing to do because I would yeah logically speaking you would put Mikey in and then you would have to put an under ninety three or uh, you would have to put Delaney in or something. Is that all? All Jesus? Oh no, you would. Yeah, but you would have two super heavyweights. Like I would put Jesus just because he's well, big. Then and you, I don't want to. Well, then you'd have to make a man. Yeah, but if you did Delaney or Keiko or Gavin or Chance, you'd have two eighty threes or two ninety threes. So you're going to double yeah. up somewhere. Where are you going to double up? And yeah, then if Tristan you know, Nasalrod well, no, hits the Carpino, it would make sense for me to put yeah the you know Jesus is the other alternate. Yeah, I could. I logically, I see Mikey and Jesus is the most likely to get the alternate spots. But if Tristan and all the other people we mentioned, if Tristan gets in there too, then there's only one alternate spot, and then that's where. What do you do then? There's only one. Fight. Fight to the death. And then arguably you have an entire team at Sheffield that could beat maybe the team that is going. It's kind of, yeah, I don't, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I hate it. Do you want to Sheffield? Um, I don't know. That's, or that would be like a thing, like who gets the, the, the other spot? It's like, it's wildcard spots times a million, because then you only get one of them. 
And then also, it just may completely dictate what people do within their federational, like, careers. Just, yeah, because, I mean, I don't know, should I say selfishly speaking, Jesus would be great in the USAPL, and I would really like to see him go in the USAPL. I would like to see him just fucking murk people at Sheffield, dominate the field, get that massive total, and then, boom, high tail to USAPL, and then possibly we get an actual matchup of him and Ray, but also him in the Pro Series, because on Dots, he can murk a bunch of people. You know, Bob won't no, be safe. Petrie un- won't be safe. Ash won't be safe. Keenan won't be safe. No, unbiased, Jesus, I feel like, makes more sense in the USAPL. Because I don't, yeah. I mean, frankly, I don't think Jesus, I mean, we want to see Ray versus Jesus. I know Jesus wants to go against Ray. Just to, to finish that and close that book that he finally got to go head-to-head. But Jesus is going to win that. Uh, and then after that, Jesus has no competition on that side. I don't want to say it, Jesus, if he comes over, one, Dots is more appealing to him, but two, no one's out totaling him, but having Rondell, Keenan, Bob, Ashton, Jesus, literally just just the, the strongest human beings in the world, all mm-hmm. in the same meet, like all the, the strongest tested lifters. That's very appealing to me. That yeah. would look oh, yeah. really freaking cool. We, we talk about like the general public, they just want to see a lot of weight lifted. I don't know if the lineup, you could beat the lineup of Bob, Ashton, Keenan, Rondell, Jesus. I don't think you could beat those five currently in tested lifting in any fashion than having those five in one meet. Yeah, take that, powerlifting American Nationals. We just talked about USAPL in front of your face. Right in your face. Um, But I agree. I, I, I do... I mean, again, what we're supposed to be doing here is getting the, the alternate spots and can't even make a graphic out of this. It would make no sense because we have to explain the thing that right, why we, we're picking this. So it's going to be sick, though. Solana, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with Waskar, Jonathan Taylor. I'll give 83 Sean Jen. 93, I stuck with Gavin and then Ray. And then for the two, again, it's like I fully understand you saying. Like, I have no hey, idea. Yeah. Jesus makes the most sense no if he like beats the Carpino by the most. But at the same time, I'm like, but you could easily be like, okay, I want at least one of the 120s. And then you also may want like Delaney. Your goal is, though, is to pick people. I mean, typically the world's team, the whole point of the Carpino is to pick people that are going to place the highest in meddling. Jesus is about guaranteed sure top goal. two. Yeah, a guaranteed, guaranteed top, top two. two, first place. No one else on that list is guaranteed. Really, first place. Mikey Delaney, has Emil and Anatoly. If- Delaney's got uh, Gruden, Sean, Jen, Timothy Monagati, Jurens, uh, uh, but, Jur- uh, but I still think he's far ahead of those guys. Yeah, uh, not, not, he is, not, but he's not. He's not. No, he's not, not as, as guaranteed he is. as Jesus. He's not as guaranteed yes. as Jesus. Jesus is a shoe in one to two, like. Even if he has the worst meet of his life, he's two. So yeah, I that makes sense. All right, yeah, I mean, don't yeah. Jesus would get my one al- if I get one alternate. If I get one alternate, it's for sure Jesus. I'll give I'll give it Jesus and then Mikey. All right, we'll just see what happens. Yeah, much- I would go. I would go Jesus Delaney. Oh yeah, I, would, I guess I would go Jesus Delaney. I don't know. I, it, 
That that's now that's it's it's a prediction of nothingness to me. It makes no sense <laughs> to me. It's a prediction of like it's not even a take. It if you predict someone over the other, it's like wait, am I saying Delaney's better than Mikey right now? Nope. I don't even know. <laughs> this is why they play these coaches, the big bucks, <laughs> to figure this stuff out. The coaches of the world team. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Our first ever Powerting American Nationals preview show. We didn't do one last hurts. year. My brain hurts. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this was an interesting one. I hope we yeah, never have weird. to do one like this again. Yeah, I literally yeah. did not enjoy talking. <laughs> this is not fun. Well, I mean, I still yeah, because I mean, again, we we look for the takes and the predictions, but yeah, I don't I don't know what uh what to make out of this one but which one of you yeah. cat people are having cats it's go not crazy? Me. definitely not me my cat is not in the room right now oh yeah that did actually make it on the mic i did hear it i'm just so used to it now um but yeah they're not they are not in the room with me because they would do stuff like that um all right commercial gym story time yes all right yes, i've got it. one okay so there was this guy you, you, you could tell he lifted, but you could also tell he did one lift for the most part. Can you guess what one lift he, like, he just did? Deadlift. Yes. Oh. No. He looked like he mainly just did bench press. And he'd always come in with a white beater and sweatpants on. And we'd see him like once a month. That was it. He would come in and he would bench. But it was an interesting style of bench. He would load up like 495 maybe even maybe even go up to six plates. He would walk around the gym for a good good 20 minutes and beat his chest and like make monkey noises. Nice. Okay. Just go and he'd sit down on the bench and then he'd get back up, he'd start beating his chest like he would get to the bench. He would lift the weight off the pins and then put it back on the pins. Not unrack it, just get it off the pins and then let it go back on the pins. And then he'd go and load a little bit more weight. And he'd get it up off the pins, and then it would go back onto the pins. And that was what he would do. Every month. One or two times. And that was it. It's the only thing I ever saw him do. I did occasionally see him unrack it, and he would do maybe an eighth of a rep. And that's generous. He would unrack it, and he'd barely bend his elbows, and just do about an eighth of a rep with like 495. But usually, all he was doing was picking it up off, off the pins of the rack and then just letting it go right back down. That's all he would do. Mm. So that, that alone is pretty interesting. Never talked to this guy. Still to this day, I've never talked to this guy. I heard this story from someone else, but I heard from one of the front desk people that he had come in um, and he wanted to put some pamphlets at the front desk um, of his new massage business. Um, Was it Deshaun Watson? And they, well, it actually we're getting there. It's not far off. Okay. And he specifically asked them That's where my brain not just goes to put now, it there. Like he asked, by the way. he asked for some business advice. Maybe he was actually to our general manager. He asked someone for business advice to read the pamphlet and give him feedback. Um, and I saw the pamphlet because we got to keep a copy of it. And it, it listed the services. Um, but it had a very odd section. It had a specific session s- section that listed in very specific detail the areas he would not touch. He would not touch the clitoris. He would not touch the testicles. And he described very much the areas he would not touch on your body. 
I didn't know you needed to be that specific. I thought that was one of those implied assumptions that you're not going to touch the testicles and the clitoris. I didn't think you needed I, to put in your massage pamphlet well, that you were specifically not going to touch those. Because if you specifically put you're not going to touch those, I think you're going to touch those. <laughs> no, 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 no. He specifically <laughs> is hilarious by explaining that because if he can't touch, you know, a person's testicles... He didn't say anything about, you know, the other thing that's closely there. Oh, no. He said every... He, I'm just giving some examples. He had oh, multiple okay, things okay. he would not Did touch. Did he, like, okay. just like, I will not touch Well, I you think, just like, said he that would, one. He would, not, he would not touch the areolas. It, like, it, all that kind of stuff. But around like, it, it, it... listed... But it around listed it. all of the very specific body parts he would not touch. Yeah, but around... Yeah, but around that area. He mentioned I'm very disappointed... What do you say? The anal opening that he mentioned... I don't think it mentioned that. Maybe I, I don't. Again, I don't remember. I remember. Well, you can't. Yeah, well, I remember that's... that one very specifically, and that was when I was like, "Yeah, I definitely want." I massage. actually do know how they get them. Yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't pay to. Yeah, that would. Uh, that's a bad visual. I'm just not gonna lie. It's a bad visual because I have an image of this guy and you. In a thing, and I just, it's like what the guy looks like, and comparatively is not good, but it's, I know how massage therapists get away or like get around that stuff. It's like, all right, I'm about to, uh, is it okay if I touch you in this area? Or it's like, I'm, is it okay if I move further down? Like they say that before. So maybe he just really didn't know. Or if he says, what if he said it specifically to them? Like, okay, I, I'm not going to touch, I'm not going to touch this. Unless, unless you're okay with it, <laughs> just a little. Is that a cat tail a popping player. up? Yes, it yeah, is. it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, speaking it's of cats, right? yeah. Speaking of cats, we got it. Yeah, we got a uh, we got a good story. Um, that'll do it for our preview of Powerlifting American Nationals. Um, I'll be probably making the trip. To Austin, maybe get a session in with the, uh, you know, game day, um, but uh, also to see the better half of the podcast, Steve Denovi. Yes, I'm, I'm excited to go. I, you know, it's still it's still gonna be. I, I still when I was saying earlier when it's like okay, this is confusing. It's a headache, but still great competitors are lifting, and it's much much better than last year as far as like what to watch for. You know, because last year was chance. Gruden, or not Gruden, um, Mega and um, Dunsmore and um, Savat. This year's a lot more than that. A lot more than that. So it's uh, it, it's it's going to be a good one. I'm excited for it. We have a lot of previews coming up on Two White Lights. Lana will be joining us quite frequently because we got the Arnold, and also we got Sheffield as well. So a lot to be excited for on Two White Lights. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.